Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-founder, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast, The Kevin and Fred Show, where once a week we bring to you a expert interview every single Monday. We interview one of the brightest and best in the world, usually in, in the real estate space, sometimes in technology, sometimes in entrepreneurship, sometimes just in forward thinking. The things that are going to help us learn to move forward are the things that we're interested in bringing to you on this podcast. So we don't keep it limited to just real estate agents. And I think you'll find that really valuable if you've been listening or if you're a new listener, all in the same. We also bring you once a week something we call industry headlines, which is a look at what is going on in the real estate world, what's happening in the mortgage space, what's happening in the technology space, bring that to you in a short form. 10, 15 minute podcast at the most once a week on Wednesdays. We're also a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate and mortgage podcasts. Check out that app in the app store. Again, that's industry syndicate. And if you would, please do us a favor, please, please, please leave us a review, download, subscribe, share an episode with a friend. We would love it. There is no better way to say thank you, except for maybe a real estate referral, because we are, after all, real estate agents, and we love real estate referrals. We're based in the Phoenix area and would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to The Kevin and Fred Show. Hey, it's Kevin and Fred. Do you have a referral for us here in Phoenix? There are 30,000 agents here that you could send them to. Why us? Well, for one thing, we'll keep you updated and you'll never have to track down your commission. We'll also make you look really good to your client. And best of all, it helps us keep all this content free. So go to kevinandfred.com slash referral to make the introduction. We'll take great care of them. All right, Kevin and Fred Show listeners, we're back. And uh, today I am joined by Dan Albright. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm great, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, for those of you who don't know Dan, he is an analyst at a company called The Ascent, which is a personal finance brand by The Motley Fool, of which I'm a subscriber of uh, and happy, happy reader of as well. And so uh, when I get the opportunity to kind of chat with Dan and some of the research he's done in, in an article we recently put out, I thought I would take the opportunity to have this conversation. So Dan, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to join you. Yeah, me too. Um, well, hey, let's 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 kind of dive into it. Um, let's start with give give me the uh, maybe maybe give me the two minute elevator pitch. Who's Dan Albright, and uh, tell me a little bit about the Ascent and what you guys do. Sure. So the Ascent is the personal finance brand of the Motley Fool. So the Motley Fool is all about investing, whereas the, the Ascent is more about personal finance. And so one of the things we do is we do both primary and secondary research. So we send out surveys to people to find out about you know, the things they're concerned about, what they're doing to manage their finances, how they're reacting to current events. And as the research analyst at the Ascent, I write those surveys and analyze the data and work with writers to get it out to the world. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so, and how, how long have you been doing that? Uh, about six months, maybe a little over six months. Now. Not real long. I was actually, uh, I was freelancing for 10 years before I came to The Fool. And part of it was as an editor for The Ascent. So that's how I ended up with my job here. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you just reached out. Um, you know, you recently published some uh, some information based on some research you did uh, around um, rents and um, everything kind of going on with COVID-19 and the way it's been shutting people down. And 
I'd love to kind of just jump into that. Like, let's, let's talk about the, that project. First of all, kind of what made you decide to tackle that? And then, then let's get into some of the, the information you found. Absolutely. So if, if you've been keeping up with the news about COVID-19, you'll have seen lots of different groups highlighted. Um, and one that we hadn't seen specifically yet was renters. So we wanted to look at how renters are being affected by the pandemic and the shutdowns around the country and unemployment benefits and all the things that go into that. Awesome. So you kind of, you, I mean, that sounds like a big, like kind of a big undertaking because like there, there are obviously a ton of renters in, in the United States. Um, and, you know, I think you mentioned one of the lines in the article about you know, renters just getting hit harder typically than the homeowners. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit about what you found as you started to uncover this data. Yeah. So one of the things that came up in this is why renters are getting hit harder than homeowners. Um, and one of the biggest reasons is that they just have less housing security. Um, they're kind of at the mercy of landlords and how the landlords are doing and how they decide to deal with all of the problems that are going on. Um, a lot of mortgage providers have programs in place. Like if you can't pay your mortgage, they will let you off the hook for a couple months or they'll, they'll work with you to make it work. Whereas landlords, you know, there's a lot of them, they have all sorts of different ways of dealing with this. And so renters are in kind of a tough spot because it's hard to give any advice that works for any group of people. So that's why they're getting hit, hit harder, if you will, than the homeowners uh, in the, I think you refer to it as the pandemic economy. Yes, the pandemic economy. That's something we've been talking about a lot at the Ascent, and it, it sums up a lot of what's going on. I really like that as a term. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell me what are, so you mentioned some of the benefits and um, even really protections for homeowners. What are some of the current protections you found for renters? Um, I mean, and even homeowners too, as you started to do this research. So one of the biggest ones for renters is that the CARES Act uh, put a 120-day moratorium on evictions. So as soon as that act was passed, no one could get kicked out of their apartment for four months. Yeah, four months. Four months. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's a big one, but that's expiring soon. And so that means many renters are kind of waiting to see what their cities and states are going to do because this is now in the hands of cities and states. So some states are saying, okay, we're extending this for another couple months. You don't have to worry about being evicted. Um, some states are even working with utilities to say the same, like you can't have your water turned off, for example, for non-payment. Um, and a lot of these extend to homeowners as well. They have sort of similar sort of similar protections under the CARES Act, and then it'll often go state by state and mortgage provider by mortgage provider. Gotcha. Okay. So some of these cover both renters and homeowners um, and some, ju some just for some and one just for the other. Um, so obviously a big, big piece of this kind of a, you know, pandemic economy is the unemployment rate. And tell me about that. Like, uh, cause I know you looked at this state by state, um, you know, where have you found to be the highest unemployment rates through this uh, whole pandemic? So Nevada actually set a record for the highest unemployment in a state in history um, not too long ago. I believe it was for the month of April. It was about 28%, which is just incredibly high. So um, 
we ranked 12 states, well, 11 states and a territory in our article um, on unemployment. And the lowest unemployment in the list was 16%, which is still really, really high. So every state is hurting with that right now. Yeah, I, you know, obviously that makes a lot of sense to me with Nevada, obviously with so many people in the hospitality industry with, um, with all of the casinos just having to shut down. Um, I could see why that would, why they would be leading the way there. Yeah, exactly. And then there are some other states that have got hit in that same way that you might not think of right away, like Rhode Island. I learned in writing this article, it has their second largest industry is leisure and hospitality. And I never would have guessed that, but that's one of the reasons that they're ranked so high on this list of states really? where renters are getting hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't have, I would not have uh, thought that either. And I was, I was looking through uh, the article and a couple of the, the top cities and definitely some of them stood out to me, or I guess states, I should say like Massachusetts, obviously that, you know, that, that stood out to me. Um, I think maybe Nevada, Hawaii and California all made the kind of made the most sense to me, if you will, just because of the way those economies typically work with tourism and just uh, the amount of people there in, in California, the amount of industry that was shut down. But, um, I, you know, some of it definitely was caught my attention there, like, uh, you know, like, like obviously did with, for you as well. Um, what were some of the other interesting like highlights and, and, you know, pieces of information you dug up as you're doing this research? I found it really interesting that states made it into our list in different ways. So some of them, like Nevada, were there because the unemployment rate is just so shockingly high. But some other states, like New York, uh, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, are in the list largely because renters pay so much of their income to housing. So that was the other factor we used in this ranking. So it was the state unemployment rate, and right. then the percentage of the median renter's income that the median rent takes up. So for example, in New York, the rent as a percentage of monthly income is 34%, it's 34.5%. And so that's pretty high for I mean, any state around the country. That's one of the higher ones. And so that's one of the reasons that New York is on the list is because if anyone loses their job or is furloughed or you know has to take time off they're going to be in bigger trouble paying rent yeah that makes a lot of sense um okay so you know as you've gone through this like that to me that sounds high i, I think um I, I remember i think back to when i was younger and kind of like looking for one of my first places obviously you're always thinking like how much can i afford uh when it comes to rent versus how much i make you know i've heard everything from you know, that there's a golden rule and it's a certain percentage. I mean, let me ask you this. What is, is there, is there a golden rule, uh, you know, that you found in your research as far as how much percent of income should be going towards rent? The, the general agreement that we came across in researching this article is about 30%. I mean, 30. some, some people will recommend a little bit less. Some people will say it's okay to go a little more, but it's usually around 30%. And a, a lot of the states on our list were over 30%. Actually. Yeah, all of the states on our list were over 30%. And that's one of the reasons that renters in these states are at such, they're so vulnerable to the pandemic economy. Yeah, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense. So that way, you know, if they're, if they're renting um, and all of a sudden out of income or greatly reduced because they're now on unemployment, 
um, there seems a reason that their money, what they did have saved up would dry up faster, if you will, or exactly, go exactly. away faster. Got it. So that was all, that was all of us, all of the states that hit the rule. Um, what are, what are like, what are some of the other, what were some of the differences you saw? I would say uh, when looking at these lists that were hit the heart, hit the hardest and maybe even by contrast, what were some of the differences on the, the, the ones on this list versus um, the states that maybe the renters are more secure? Like, was there anything, not necessarily in the data that you, that you used to qualify, but was there anything else that kind of jumped out at you guys? One thing that came up that I found really interesting is that states that shut down their businesses early and aggressively tended to have very low infection rates, but that also contributes to high unemployment rates. So Hawaii, for example, they put in a really strict like quarantine policy and shut down a lot of businesses, but that also landed them on this list because now a lot of people are out of a job. So gotcha. it's this sort of weird balance. And Nebraska, for example, I think had the lowest unemployment in the country, but they also never had a statewide shutdown. So they were putting themselves at risk of a higher infection rate balance out the unemployment situation. So it's, it's, really, it's a really complicated topic. Um, we, we admitted in the article that this is sort of a simple way to look at it, but it's, it's an issue we wanted to bring attention to. So we thought it was a good way to rank the states, but there's just, there's so much that goes into all of these decisions. Yeah, you know, it, there really is. I mean, I, I think this is gonna be an interesting case to look at five or 10 years down the road, right? Once, yes. um, hopefully we get past this and, <laughs> uh, and things go return to normal, maybe there's vaccine, maybe it's just controllable, maybe there's just better treatment options, whatever. But it's gonna be really interesting, I think, to see the studies in a few years where we look back and go, say, take a look at, say, a Hawaii, like you just mentioned, where they shut down early and they shut down quick. Uh, but then, consequentially, they, you know, they had way way, way higher unemployment, right? And so they got hit hard, harder economically. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm wondering, uh, say you take them, obviously per capita would be one thing, but like versus you just use the example of Nebraska where they don't shut down. Curious what the death rates are gonna be versus the long lasting impact um, from both the health side of things and the, um, the finance side of things, right? And the way, it, the way it impacted their, their state economy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to finding out how all of this plays out in the long term, because it's so it's so unclear at the moment. Like especially as you look at at states that are starting to reopen and like everything is feeling pretty good, but also the infection rates are starting to climb back up. And so yeah. it's it's just such a balance and so it's so complicated. And we really won't know if any of these things worked very well for another five or ten years. Yeah, that you know, that's the tough part. I, I would hate I mean, first of all, I'd never want to be a politician, but um, a gosh, to be a governor right now, I think has got to be like the worst job in America Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't matter what side, whether they're on the, on the side of kind of acting quicker from a call, I'll call it a public health, you know, work worrying about infection rates uh, on the you know greater side of things and shutting things down versus no having to go, okay, let's open up a little bit quicker or in Nebraska's case, not even shut down. Um, in order to kind of keep the economy alive, like, you know, what, which one's right or wrong. I think that it's really easy for us to speculate right now and have our feelings. Um, but the data is probably going to tell us the truth here in a few years as to what was maybe the right answer and 
you know, did he, did anybody even have the right, I'm not sure that there is a right answer. Maybe it's just that the term is more right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, some people will look at states that, you know, worked harder to keep unemployment down and let's say that was the right thing to do. And some people will look at the states that try to keep infection rates down and they say that was the thing to do. And other people will look at, you know, the protections put in place and they'll say that was most important and everyone has different priorities. And it's, it's especially hard right now because there's no precedent for this. Like we can't say, yeah. oh, last time we had a global pandemic, this is what we did and it was great. Like there's just, there's nothing to fall back on right now. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if we had that? Like, oh, hey, this model worked last time. Let's let's go with that. Exactly. God forbid, but that's probably what we'll be able to do next time. Unfortunately, it is. Uh, you know, unfortunately, my my guess is there there will be a next time. Um, I you know would love to think that it, there wouldn't be, but I, yeah. I assume that there will be. Um, yeah, it's so fascinating. You know, just for sake of context, we're recording this on June nineteenth, and. Um, this will this will definitely air uh, within the next, I would imagine, four weeks or so, uh, if not less. And you know, here in Arizona, as an example, just yesterday it was either yesterday or the day before, our governor said, "Hey, we're not uh, we're going to let each city kind of decide, make the decisions on whether or not face masks will be required." And so now, all going on throughout all the cities in Arizona, the their the city the city councils and the and the mayors are making you know, making their decisions yes or no on requiring face masks and, and kind of furthering stuff like that. So it's just really interesting to see the way this stuff is playing out uh, in real time. It's, again, I'd hate to have that job right now. Yeah, talk about high pressure. And there just being no right answer and no way to please even a decent portion of people. Yeah. It's it's rough. Yeah, I mean, at best, you couldn't even please half. I mean, so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough. Um, well, so what do you think, you know, based, and maybe this is based on research or just kind of obviously with the, with the work you guys do at the Ascent, all about being all about kind of um, personal finance. I mean, how, how do you see just Americans and in, in, you know, people coming, not even Americans, this is worldwide, but I'm assuming most of your, your data is, you know, obviously on Americans. What, how do you see people coming out of this? I mean, what are the, the lasting effects you think may, may come from this and how long is it going to take people to recover? Uh, we we asked people in a survey not too long ago how long it would they think it will take them to get back to the financial state they were in before the pandemic started, and we saw a really wide range of responses. I, I don't remember the percentages exactly off the top of my head, but I know a, a pretty significant number of people said 18 months, um, two years, that it would take them to get back to where they were. Some people even said never. They didn't think they'd ever be able to completely financially recover. And so it's very, it's very possible that those are the people that are getting hit hard by unemployment and high rent because you're just going to be digging yourself into a hole to survive for a while. But, you know, we've been, we've been providing the same advice for people in good times and bad for a long time. It's just, you know, make... Make smart decisions where you can. Try to save up an emergency fund and then dip into it in, in times like these. Unfortunately, for people who are finding that advice for the first time right now, it's just kind of a day-to-day -day process. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it definitely really is. Um, so have you, have you guys done any research on the difference, uh, you know, specifically to homeowners uh, as, as it pertains to pandemic and and how it's hit them 
We, we haven't yet. Uh, that's definitely something I'd be interested in doing in the future. Um, just knowing that they have more housing security um, is helpful. I mean, they have equity. Not everyone can, you know, take out a home equity loan or a second mortgage, but it does help to have that in your, your budget that you have a house that's worth a couple hundred grand. Um, so that, that makes a big difference, but there are the same as renters. There are protections that are very helpful that will be running out soon. And a lot of people just don't know what comes next because the state governments and local governments are trying to decide and it's, it's hard. Okay. Um, you know, one, so one thing too, that caught my eye about the, about the list in the article, which, which by the way, we, I, I haven't said it yet, but we'll link to that here, here in the show notes, uh, for everybody who hasn't read that yet. Um, but number one was, and you, you kind of, you, you referenced this earlier is Puerto Rico, um, came in at number one, basically the hardest hit. Um, tell me, tell me about that. Like what, why is Puerto Rico ranked so high? Puerto Rico is ranked high for multiple reasons, but one of the big ones is that they've just had a long string of really tough luck and they got hit by hurricanes and earthquakes and they've been having economic problems as a territory for I think a decade or so. Um, and then the reason that they're so high specifically on our list is that the median renter pays almost half of their income toward rent. Wow. And so if they're unemployed, that's a lot of money that's not going toward rent. So unemployment there is just under 20%, which is high, is definitely high, but it's not like Obviously astronomically not high, like, yeah. Yeah, like Nevada. Um, but renters there just have to pay a lot of their income toward rent. Interesting. Um, you know, it's you, one thing too that I thinking of is um let's talk about like the higher the, the unemployment rate there wasn't i don't want to say not bad it was bad 20 percent is bad it's not but it wasn't you know it wasn't nevada as an example i wonder as things start to open up it just it feels to me like it's just going to take some time for everything to kind of be fully open right for everything to kind of to get going again for just the average person to sort of start to recover yeah, absolutely. And for a, a lot of people, it depends on what their employer is doing. So there, I, I just got an email from my favorite pub in Longmont, where I live, that says that they're not going to start doing takeout again until August. And then, you know, I mean, they couldn't, they might not be open for dine-in until close to the end of the year. So if you work for a company like that, yeah. It's going to take longer to get back to your normal earnings, whereas some companies are almost fully open again. Yep. And so it, it really depends on the, the personal situation and what they're able to do when it comes to work. Interesting. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing those insights. Anything else that maybe I should ask you about this research or, or the, you know, the article in general and um, kind of the, the COVID, COVID economy, if you will, or pandemic economy, I should say? Uh, just one, one thing that I'd like to point out to listeners and readers is that if you're, if you're not in a, put in a precarious situation right now, it's, it's, or if you don't know a lot of people who are, it's hard to appreciate just how many people are in this situation. Um, but one stat that we cited in the article was that um, a, a 
center at UC Berkeley estimated that 50 million people who are renting are probably experiencing immediate job or income loss. And that is just a huge number of people. And if you're in a community like mine, for example, where most of us can work from home and are homeowners, you just don't see that and it's hard to appreciate. So I think that's, that's a good thing to mention to try to keep it in perspective. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's interesting to see how this is also, you know, some of the good stuff that's come out of it. You just mentioned being able to work from home um, and how much more that's been able to be adopted here, uh, you know, as we've all had to, to adjust and most companies have. I happen to, my our real estate brokerage happens to be virtual. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's just business as usual. We haven't, we haven't had a change at all in the way we inter- interact with our company and others, you know, not so much. And a lot of other companies are, you know, making adjustments, if you will, not just in the real estate industry, but, but all around. And so um, hopefully that, that'll be some of the, the silver lining, if you will, that we also look back on in a couple of years with the research and say, okay, well, that's something that good came that came out of that too. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are, there are some good things that will come out of this. And a lot of it has to do with people realizing that, you know, we can get by if not everyone comes to work. <laughs> um, yeah. So th- there, are, there are some plus sides. They, they pale in comparison to what's going on, but for sure, know, being an optimist, I like to think about those things too. That's awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing that, Dan. Um, and thanks a lot for taking some time out and being with us here today on the Kevin and Fred Show talking about, uh, talk, to talk about this topic, which is a little unconventional for us here on our real estate podcast. But uh, you know, one of the things, again, that just jumped out at me is the fact of, how this was hurting renters uh, more so than homeowners. And so I wanted to bring it on and bring you on and, and have just have the conversation kind of hear from you. So I appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your day to, uh, to share with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And we will continue doing research like this. So maybe we'll have a chance to talk again in the future. Awesome. That'd be great. Take it easy. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty, and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.